0: Welcome to the November 6th edition of the PFO forecast. It is Sunday night. We just made it through an overtime with uh, perhaps the greatest passing offense that we've ever seen and the worst passing offense (laughs) we've ever seen. Somehow that went to overtime. But uh, we're going to talk about the biggest takeaways from uh, a day that saw uh, Aaron Rodgers look terrible, Tom Brady bring it back to life, and Almost two huge double-digit favorites lose. So it'd be a good recap of Ben Brown, and then we'll guess the week 10 lines with Arjun. Let's rock. <laughs> fellas uh we have made it to week 10 of the nfl season i'm george Uh, i've got brad and ben brown here joining me as usual if you are new to the podcast welcome uh members of the printing press that have been here for a while uh welcome back hope you had a wonderful and profitable sunday uh and entire nfl week we got one more game uh with brad's new orleans saints i say brad's New Orleans saints that's only because uh he also gets the bears so we have to give him a little bit of extra love there um Although nice little week for you and Justin Fields. Um, what's happening, fellas? How did our week go?
1: No, not much. Uh, I think I said last week that I was I was riding too high and, and, and riding the wave. So I did have a losing <laughs> record on, a, on my picks from last Sunday. It was due. Um, but yeah, look, when Justin Fields uh, sets a single game record for rushing yards, uh, I'm, I'm happy no matter what else happens uh, on, on a particular Sunday.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I... I'm with Brad. I think, you know, there was obviously some down spots, obviously some good spots, but it was, uh, I would say, really entertaining weekend. I do think there are probably a lot of takeaways as we kind of, you know, head toward the latter half of the NFL season here coming up.
0: Um, Look, I was bamboozled, hoodwinked, led astray into betting uh, on Sam Ellinger and the Colts today. So, like, no matter how bad it was for everybody out there, just, If you avoided that, you can be happy. Um, I did live bet the Chiefs, though, and that was like – that got me over the hump today. Also, the Jets cashed their over win total. And people – some of the Jets fans, I'm sure they're all listening right now, think that I hate the Jets. That's false. Have bet the Jets over five and a half multiple times. They went over – I think they're the first team to go over their win total um, this season. Uh, So that was cool to see. Here's what we do. We start off with one big takeaway. Uh, from this week and uh, we have a couple of good people to to talk through it with so let's start uh, with you Ben what was your big takeaway from this week
2: yeah so last week I did say uh, you know I thought like league-wide scoring or game level scoring was probably going to get a little bit of a rebound we did not see that I would say really as much a week now I think four and seven uh, for the over uh, basically through the first 11 games but I do think there were a few games that actually Kind of showcased some offensive capabilities. And I think that kind of you know speaks to the point I was trying to make last week. And I think the reason why we're seeing scoring down so much is uh you know the dramatic impact that pressure has had on quarterbacks specifically this year. I think you know the the league-wide pressure rate has kind of held steady from prior seasons, but the The problem is we're seeing, uh, you know, so many more pressures converted into sacks. And I think that, you know, the the pass blocking and everything else is kind of held constant. So I do think the play under pressure specifically is kind of the one downfall. And I think that, you know, when you're kind of trying to evaluate where teams are, quarterback play still very much matters. And I think that there was maybe a discussion of, you know, if if other things were, were maybe kind of taking Uh, some of the lion's share of where quarterback play kind of fit into the overall pie for how successful a team could be. But I think that that's, you know, uh, not necessarily the best way to kind of approach it from like a betting perspective. And I think that if you look at quarterback play specifically, and there are, you know, outside of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, probably just a handful of other guys that are playing really well, especially from a clean pocket. But I think those are very much teams to buy into. And I think that, you know, specifically a team like the Miami Dolphins, you know, with Tua back in the fold, very much, I would say, are probably close to, if not the best offense in the NFL right now with kind of Mike McDaniel pushing all the right buttons for them. I know, you know, Seth Galena, the 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 the, the Wednesday night guest on here had a really great film breakdown of kind of their bread and butter play, the, the quintuple option sort of situation. But I think that that is kind of the one spot where offenses can kind of gain an upper hand or an upper leverage type spot. And, and, and it almost kind of needs – Uh, I would say, you know, the, the threat of a rushing quarterback in that particular position to actually kind of be able to, you know, circumvent some of this too high safety look. So I think, you know, specifically a team like the Miami Dolphins, and also a team like the Seattle Seahawks, who, you know, Geno Smith's been the top five quarterback, you know, throughout the whole year from a PFF grading perspective. And I think they are, you know, very legitimate contenders in the NFC based on the quarterback play. And I do think that, you know, if you're evaluating where the NFC teams kind of stack up. Geno Smith has been, you know, uh, I would say the best passing quarterback in the NFC, and I think that that is, you know, one reason on top of many others why uh, we specifically, but others, have been very late to the party on the Seattle Seahawks, and I think that's probably uh, an overstep, and I do think that they could very much, you know, not only win the division, but, uh, you know, make some noise, I would say, in the NFC conference as well.
0: How crazy would it be for the
2: Seahawks to go, like – Seahawks in the NFC title game is that I mean I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy out of the realm of of possibility but how I'm looking at it right now is I do think they are very much in contention to win some of these awards that so many people talk about right whether it's coach of the year because Mm -hmm. you know they greatly exceeded their win total but I think that you know there's at least some sort of case for Geno Smith to at least be in the MVP discussion. Like, obviously, he shouldn't be the favorite or anything like that. But if they kind of continue to string together some of these victories, uh, you know, I I think he was at, like, plus 4,000 last week. I think if he's anywhere, you know, within that range this week, I will definitely be betting him because I do think that, you know, given where they're at and where they could easily finish, uh, there's going to be some awards headed in their direction just based on how much I would say they've overachieved. You know, from preseason uh to where we finish in the, at, at the end of the regular season. Yeah, maybe
0: come back player of the year or something like that.
2: I mean, what um, did he the problem is what did he come back from in that case, right? Is the only real uh discussion point or whatever. Being written like, off. He was right. Written off. Being written off. But we'll I do see. think yeah, and I do think specifically with Gino, like you know, we talked a lot about like 2021 quarterback class as well, but I think you know, his kind of evolution or whatever. Uh it is also going to be an interesting case study for how we evaluate some of these young quarterbacks and and if they have any shot of you know potentially turning it around, you know, later on in their career or something like that as well.
0: I mean, let's think about this. Brad, I'll ask you this. So let's go to the NFC. The best offenses in the NFC. We start with the Eagles. I think they're the best, the best offense. I who, who's number two? Who's the second best offense in the NFC? Right?
1: I think it is Seattle because I think until we see Dallas get more consistency out of a guy like Michael Gallup, see Dak Prescott play some good football, like I think the answer is genuinely Seattle. I mean, you have the Metcalf-Lockett Niners. combo, Dino's playing good ball. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting. If you look at EPA per play, um, it, it, is, uh, it is the Seahawks. is the second best right there with, interestingly – the Atlanta Falcons, which
2: is super
0: right. super weird, um, but you don't you don't really take the Falcons seriously because of their lack of uh, of passing game. But I mean, the Niners are up there. Um, Minnesota's
1: they, got a good offense.
0: I don't a the defense. Got a good they, they can offense. move the ball. Yeah. Right. Uh, Brad, what was your big takeaway?
1: Yeah. Uh, so my big takeaway going to kind of the AFC. Um, the Raiders have now lost three games this season in which they led by at least seventeen. Nothing. One of them was against Kansas City. Um, uh one obviously today, and they were up 20 nothing against the Arizona Cardinals and lost that game as well. They had five in their entire franchise's history uh, of doing that. And they've done three and eight games. And so my takeaway is, was Nathaniel Hackett the second worst hire among AFC West head coaches this <laughs> offseason? That's my that's my question back to you. Uh, I mean I, I, it's it's hard to understand, hard to fathom how it keeps happening. I think mean, Chandler Jones is one of the worst value signings of the offseason. You mm-hmm. basically gave him the Von Miller deal, and he has a sub-60 pass rush grade. You're trying to pin your ears back and win these games, and it's still just Max Crosby and a bunch of jags. Like, it's it's strange that they can be this bad in situational football, in closing out games, and we hear about how Josh McDaniels is a genius, and I just – I it's 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 crazy to see happen again. And I wonder if you're at the uh, if he's going to lose the locker room or if he already has at this point.
0: It's, it's so interesting because they're they're tenth in EPA per pass play this season. So I, I was talking to to Timo, um a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, "Look, I think the Raiders are like the best two win team out there. They're still the best <laughs> two win team out there they still have two wins." Um, but yeah, it's it's strange, man, because it almost is reminiscent of the what Gruden did there with with the Raiders where they stunk but they had a seemingly good passing offense and if you're losing games and you have a good passing offense like you do kind of have to look at the coach right, yeah, right. because it's like right. how are you how are you losing there um but do they really i mean they don't obviously they're not going to start like playing for next season right so They've just kind Can't. Of they, I mean, they
1: signed Sidney Jones today, so they added a cornerback because, you know, they went all in and just decided to not have corners, not have an offensive line, um, you know, because you can go all in and just neglect very important positions, apparently. So <laughs> they're still trying to make something out of it. It's just, I don't know. It's crazy. To It's one thing to, I mean, I guess it's another one score loss for them. Jacksonville is now one and six in one score games, so they, they finally get their regression there as well. But just the, the manner in which they're losing these games. It's not even like fluky, like punt returns. Like they are just, they just collapse. They just fold up. And, and you know, I, my big question about playing for next year. My thing is, Derek Carr signed an extension that basically was a one-year deal, and then the Raiders can either get out of it after this season, or they can essentially opt into several more years going forward. Why, like, they spend so much elsewhere? I get it, but and again, you said they're tenth in EPA per you know for per drop back, but. I don't know. I would probably, like, hit the reset button at quarterback, use that as an excuse, draft high, and and see if you can kind of, you know, you spent all this money, spend it around, I don't know, Will Levis or whoever, and and figure it out from there.
0: You know, it's interesting. Um, Brady, obviously, in the Bucs kind of, you know, figured it out on that last drive day, although it looked pretty miserable for the entirety of the game. But a lot of rumors about Brady wanting to go back. To San Francisco, finish his career at home where he, he grew up. They have an interesting situation there with Trey Lance. Obviously, like because you know he's going to be out for the entire season, so he'll be in his third year, having played a whopping five games. And um, you know, do are the Niners so stubborn because of what they've allocated that they, they, they don't want to go to to Brady? But Brady obviously has that history with McDaniel's, and you know that would be. That would be really fascinating. Right. And um, right. The rumor is that, of course, Derek Carr was that guy. Right. That uh, the rate you know, there was this play to have them go to the Raiders and, um, you know, that was all set up and ready to go. And then they decided to, to back out at the last minute. So that
1: would be super interesting.
0: And I guess you may be ca- keeping Daniels around to see if you can make that happen.
1: I mean, I you gotta Jimmy- try. yeah, they, it was supposed to be him and Gronk, I guess. We're going to go to the, the Raiders. Right. Um, I'm sure Gronk in Vegas would be a great fit. There'd be no single know, no Brady. I'm, <laughs> I mean, hey, but yeah, I mean, I would make try, I would make an effort. Why not? Why not make it? Hey, one more year, one more go. You know, it is tough in the AFC West and all that. Obviously, Tom Brady's, you know, they're leading the NFC South at four and five right now. Uh, so he's really just getting all the Brady, the Brady boosts at all times. Um, but, yeah, that game was was tough to watch. Obviously, it doesn't help when you're averaging, you know, under three yards of carry yet again. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's throwing the ball 48 times a game over the last seven games with 58 throws today. I mean, Tom Brady is getting work out of that 45-year-old arm right now.
0: Yeah, it is uh, something to behold. Okay, my big takeaway, I don't think this is that, you know, crazy of a takeaway. But the, the Green Bay Packers, I think, should uh, should hit the reset button. And I think they should look to trade Aaron Rodgers. And I do think there are some teams out there that because of where they're at this season and the way the NFL has played out this season, should be interested and should think about it. Um, I think the team that we saw on Sunday Night Football is one of those teams, the Tennessee Titans. Now, it would be hilarious because Rodgers would go from a team with no wide receivers to a team with no wide receivers, and that would be pretty (laughs) classic. But... Maybe you bring Rodgers over there. You could sign Odell potentially. Um, you could get you know they have Robert Woods. Um, I don't know. It could it, you could figure something out. But from a Green Bay Packers perspective, this is I mean this is really bad. So here are the worst teams in EPA per pass play so far this season: Carolina Panthers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, the New York Jets the new England Patriots, all those teams have garbage heaped on top of garbage, a quarterback, the team that comes after them are the green Bay Packers. And they are paying a quarterback more than any other team uh, in the NFL this season, right? All those other teams that I mentioned have quarterbacks that are either on a rookie deal or are journeyman quarterbacks. And then you go to a guy, you're paying $50 million. So if, if you can't be better than, you know, if you're not, better than that group with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what you're doing here. You know, there's, there's no real explanation for how poorly they're playing. And I think that what happened today, where you go to the Detroit lions, a team that he has owned more than any other team. You can't beat that team. In fact, you got embarrassed. You threw three interceptions through an interception to a defensive lineman in the red zone. It's time. It's time. To, it's time to go. And I think it works perfectly for for uh, for Rodgers if Tennessee hits him up. But I guess, you know, uh, Brad, is it even tenable to and and Tennessee of course has the, the first round pick from the AJ Brown trade? So, you know, they do have the, the draft capital, but is that something that's even possible? Could could Rogers get moved? What what are the realm of potential outcomes given his contract?
1: Um, Yeah, no. So the way they set it up is that it is it's a year to year deal. And basically he has a fifty eight million dollar option that's owed from the window is the day after the season ends to the day before week one. And during that entire Mm -hmm. window, Green Bay can basically probably won't pick it up and they'll play mind games or, you know, figure Mm -hmm. out whatever they want to do. No, he is tradable. That is the one out that Green Bay has remaining is to move on from him. Tennessee, I think, is a legitimately, you know, solid option. he would have the easiest division in football, you know, Mm -hmm. as they always seem to be. Yeah, I mean, Trillin Burks, I think, was good before he got hurt. Like, was coming on a little bit as a young right. receiver. So, look, you're upgrading That's from what you have in Green Bay, especially because Romeo Dobbs left on a cart today. So, it's even getting worse um, in Green Bay at this point. Yeah, I mean, I-, I honestly don't hate the idea. You might be half kidding, but I actually think it's a legitimately, like, reasonable idea.
0: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding <laughs> at all. Like, I don't know – I don't know what your other options are. I mean, it's almost a shame that the trade deadline has already passed because right. you know that would have been a great thing for them to do in season. But I, I do think you know they have to be thinking about this, and I, I don't, I, I think benching him is out of the realm of possibility. I think he would light the facility on fire, <laughs> like, legitimately. Um, but uh, yeah, who would, who would you like to see him go
2: to, Ben? I mean, I, I don't think it's probably possible from like a, a from a salary cap perspective or anything like that. But I do think a, from a team fit specifically, and, and Brad might hate on this, but I think the New Orleans Saints, at least with what they have, mm-hmm. you know, both defensively, um, you know, some pieces, I would say, a lot, you know, uh, at the wide receiver position, both young and old, that I do think he would gel with really well. Of course, like I said, with the contract situation and the fact that the Saints have like pushed out you know, so much of their contract obligations to future years. I don't think they probably would have any possible way of working it from a monetary standpoint. But uh, I think specifically from a team building standpoint and the fact that he would stay in the NFC for another year, uh, I I think Rodgers to the Saints would actually make a lot of sense from my perspective.
0: That would be that'd be very interesting. A couple of good comments here. Someone said George and Ben's rooms are so boring. It looks like they're sitting next to each other. I can't <laughs> confirm. I can't, can't reach out uh, and touch him. Jay said Aaron Rodgers trade, LOL, uh, that dead cap for the Packers.
1: But, but that's not how it works, Jay. I appreciate yeah. the comment, but that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and uh, uh, someone said that Eric can be found tweeting about the uh at every college football game that has won an accident. Uh, yeah, if you're looking for our, our good friend Eric Eager, That is where you can find him. Uh, But shout out to every member of the printing press that hangs out with us on Sunday night. Ben, we'll get you out of here on this. We have the aforementioned saints and the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night football. Um, What's what angles do you have there? Any
2: bets that you like? I mean, yeah, I I still think given, you know, the entire injury, you know, considerations for both teams, I do think the Ravens are still uh, the correct spot. Numbers obviously moved against you a little bit there, but uh, I think even without offensive weapons, we're going to see, you know, some semblance of productive offense from Lamar Jackson specifically with his legs. But uh, I also think they're going to have enough like Devin Duvernay uh, and a couple other pieces, I would say, to probably cover that line. I don't really want to play anything, you know, on the total basically, but uh, I think from a spread perspective, it's got to be Baltimore Ravens. Outside of that, I think Lamar Jackson to have a clean game, no interceptions, uh, not fully buying into uh, a Saints defense that I still think is kind of living on name recognition alone. So uh, I think Lamar Jackson to have a little bit of a clean game, maybe rely more on his legs than his arm, uh, but I think that's going to keep him basically, you know, under 0.5 interceptions. So I think that's my favorite, you know, early prop right now, but it's it's thin out there. I don't know if you guys have looked too much, but it is... Uh, Light, given the injury considerations that we're still dealing with from Monday Night Football,
0: in uh, Isaiah, likely I trust. Um, yes, yes. You can go check out obviously all of uh, Ben's picks and recommendations on the PFF app in pff.com. You can download the app by typing in PFF into the iOS App Store and hitting download. You can also check out all of our player props, um, model recommendations, and spread money line and total recommendations there as well. A couple of comments here: Aaron Rodgers to the Commanders. Would be interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Bezos no, buys no the team place. for seven. But be- Bezos and Rodgers deserve each other. Right.
2: That, that <laughs> that's is... a match made in heaven, right? Oh, that was goodness. the Commanders were going to be my second team if I didn't go with the Saints and I had to factor in you know the injury or the the salary obligations and yeah. everything else. Yeah. By
1: I the way, Brad, ayahuasca with Rodgers or Bezos <laughs> <laughs> on a spaceship. Uh, spaceship. On a spaceship.
0: Brad on Sunday Night Count or uh, Sunday NFL Countdown today. Randy Moss. Called them the Washington Commodores. Uh, hey, we'll take it. They called Terry McLaurin, Taylor McLaurin. It was a rough love to see segment for my guy, Randy Moss. Um, someone else said, Aaron Rodgers is a future jet. I actually like that. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That is a really good call. The floor connection is there. Sala is a guy. Sala should be mentioned. Pete Carroll, coach of the year. I think Sala should be coach of the year. Obviously, given that Zach Wilson is his quarterback and they're winning football games, that is banana land. Um, That's really interesting. Anyways, Ben, we always appreciate you. Pff underscore Ben Brown, one of the best follows on Twitter. Have a wonderful night. I guess I'll see you later as I walk out here. Right. (laughs) We'll catch
2: you in the hallway later on tonight here for sure. Uh, Take it easy. Thanks,
0: Ben. All right. Before we get to guest lines with Arjun, a quick reminder that Brothrow is a place that you can go bet even if betting is not legal in your state. There's a lot of places California might not be for a while. So go to Brothrow. It's an exchange uh, where you can bet against other people and they pay you on Venmo, Cash App, um, wherever the hell it is. There's like five other ones that you can use. Um, And here's the deal. You cannot sign up just in any regular way. You've got to use this link, Brothrow.com slash PFF. Be able to sign up. I've played on it. I've gotten paid. Trust me, it works. So go to brothrow.com slash PFF. You pay no VIG, bet 10, win 10, uh, and you bet against other people. So it's an awesome place. And if you don't have, even if you do have betting regulated in your state, it's still pretty sweet because you don't pay a VIG. So go to brothrow.com slash PFF. Also, underdog fantasy, you may think. That your fantasy season is over but underdog has you covered because they have a pick'em game that you can go play you just guess higher or lower on up to five player props and then you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night it is that easy use promo code pff on underdog.com or sorry underdogfantasy.com or the app and you will get your first deposit doubled up to 100 dollars. it's that simple promo code pff go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and get your fantasy uh, game back on track also our friends at western southern financial not sure if you're aware of them members of the printing press should know them they're a great sponsor and what they help you do is make smart roster moves with your money now is a good time to do that just saying uh maybe you're aware of where the economy is going but if you're playing star fam- family trying to buy a house just want to watch your money grow go to western southern they can help you figure out the right solution for you western pff all right it's time to guess the lines Uh, This is uh, if you're new to the show, and I'm sure there are some new people. um, What we do is we guess the lines for the upcoming week and we look at what the line actually is. We're obviously trying to be right, but if we are on a different side of the line, we may go ahead and bet it right here and now. The best time to bet spreads is early in the week because the line has not been pounded into efficiency by the millions of dollars that we'll get better on it by sunday so it's a great opportunity to get involved I encourage you to share uh this with your buddies and, and do it together because it's a lot of fun that's why we do it uh, together and uh last week was a little we had an incredible week the week before right we went like 13 one and two was destined to come back to earth a little bit but still kept uh the winning ways going i think arjun uh brad had the best week is that right
1: Four and two for Arjun. Three and two for yourself. Uh, one, three, and one for your boy. Look, we
0: win and we lose as a team. So we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get everyone back on the Schneid. I mean, look, I bet on the freaking Indianapolis Colts. So I mean, you know, we've got we've got to be better than that. Um, we have uh, an interesting slate of games here. I like. Dallas-Green Bay should be should have been an amazing game. I don't think anyone's that excited about it. Seattle-Tampa Bay will be, I think, interesting. I'm curious to see where you guys are on that. And then we have your boy, uh, Justin Herbert, Arjun, is going to be playing my San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night. So we need to have a big bet uh, for that game. And um, and then we have Washington and, uh, and Philly on Monday night. So let's get rocking and rolling. Uh, the way we do this is Arjun gives his guess first then brad then myself and we look at the actual number and then we'll decide whether we're going to make a bet on uh, either side so we'll start with thursday night the atlanta falcons a top 10 team in epa for play against the <laughs> carolina panthers um, i don't know if we know who's going to start this game i don't think wilkes has said so yet i would guess it's going to be baker given what pj walker looked like today but um arjun would you make this one
3: i had a falcons minus three and a half uh, panthers plus three
0: Right. Uh, let me pull mine up here. I had, <laughs> I had this as a pick, um, and uh, I believe it is uh, Falcons minus two
3: and a half. Um, Arjun, what are you doing with this one? Um, I think I'm gonna lay off. Maybe a first quarter bet, but I think it just in general, it's a layoff. I, I've been I haven't been as great with props this year. But I, I think I'm going to hammer all the Cordell Patterson overs and any anytime touchdown props. Um, it, the Panthers defense just allowed Joe Mixon to score five touchdowns against them. And I watched Cordell Patterson absolutely bully my Los Angeles Chargers on the yes. ground today. Uh, Patterson absolutely ended Drew Tranquil's life uh, near the goal line. So, um, yeah, Patterson overs. But in terms of the game, I'm, I'm laying off. Yeah, I think this one with a
1: Thursday game, like we just saw this past week, when you have the shortened schedule, the condensed you know, layover the next game, you're going to catch teams, even like Philly against the Houston, kind of asleep in the first half. Um, it, it's just – it's a different type of game. I still – I don't know. I mean, Bigger Mayfield's terrible. We all know that. Obviously, P.J. Walker struggled today, but now you get a short week of Bigger going back to being the starter, not a lot of time to prep. Um I'll stay away, but the fact that it's less than a field goal makes me very interested in Atlanta. Maybe depending how the week plays out.
0: Yeah, I'm not sold on the Falcons, and I also the the funny thing about the Carolina Pan, I mean, they were so embarrassed by the Bengals here. Um, so I kind of like this spot for the Panthers. Atlanta, you know, obviously a, a, a very like stressful game, I guess you could call it, as, as most of them are against the Chargers. Um, I'm going to lay off this one as well. I just want to mention this, though. The Carolina Panthers not trading Brian Burns for two firsts and a second has to be one of the worst did-not trades that that has ever been. And I... Like, Carolina Panthers fans in five years, when they're like, why does our team still suck? This is one of the reasons. Like, that that is... It, ridiculous. And it would have been hilarious if the, if the Rams had made that trade, I get believe to real quick,
1: get, get this too. So I always thought, look, that's what we're hearing in the media, but I'm sure there were picks going back to the Rams. Mm-hmm. I had someone who had to me and say, there weren't like, it was actually two first and a second, you know, right, yeah. Khalil Mack with the Las Vegas Raiders, the bears still got a second round pick back in that trade. Someone told me, and I, I trust this person. No, that was, that was the offer. Uh, the, the Panthers not taking that is, is a crime.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's ridiculous. Um, All right, we go now to uh, let's go to Seattle-Tampa Bay because this one is in Germany. Um, And uh, first game, first NFL game in Germany. Arjun, would you make this? I made this Seattle plus one. I got Tampa Bay laying two and a half. I have Tampa Bay by one and a half, and I believe let's see that is what it is still. Tampa Bay
3: minus one and a half. Arjun, what are you doing here? I I think I'm gonna be hopping back on the Seahawks wagon uh, full game this time. Um, like like I I think I'm fully like I fully believe in Gino. Uh, it it still might be a small sample size, only half season of data and stuff. But I mean, he's making like legit NFL throws, and I think the. Seahawks are a much more well-rounded team on offense than the Rams are. Like you know, every first-down run with Daryl Henderson and K. Makers is you know just kind of shooting the drive into the trash can for the Rams. But Kenneth Walker's is a pretty damn good back, and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are are miles ahead of uh, the duo of Cooper Cup and um, uh, Allen Robinson. So I I like the Seahawks in the spot. I think their defense has been great uh, the past couple weeks, and I think they can pull it off in London where. You know, a lot of a lot of the times playing overseas, I think, comes down to coaching. And I think Pete Carroll, Shane Waldron and uh, the Seahawks, uh, Clint, Clint Hurst, has, have done a tremendous job um, coaching the Seahawks this year.
1: So we're talking Bucks, right? It's, C- it's Seattle versus the Bucks. I like you think you jumped into a Rams convo for a second oh, there. Yeah, right. I think the, the coaching conversation would go even further. Um, because I think the Buccaneers may have the worst coaching staff in the NFL. So uh, that applies. one thing I didn't want to touch on. Though you mentioned Clint Hurt uh, and the Seahawks, that side of the ball has gotten a lot better. I mean, it's a couple weeks now. They're stacking good weeks on defense. Luchante Wosu is still kind of the only guy that can generate a pass rush. The thing that scares me though is as good as George's, you know, favorite player in the NFL, Tariq Woolen, has been. It's Tom Brady against a, against a bunch of rookie corners with a not very good pass rush. And it may be, I don't know, it kind of scares me a little bit. Kobe Bryant in the slot has been exploitable. Chris Godwin started to stack some good weeks as well. Um, played well today. Kind of the only guy who really was consistently open. So I'm almost kind of like you, George, when you bet the, the Bucks against the Ravens. I kind of want to go back to my preseason priors and say, if you told me before the season began as a look-ahead line, I could have Tom Brady on the international stage laying less than a field goal against the Seattle Seahawks, I would be like, where do I sign up? Like, where, where can I put my money? Um, so I'll do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the the bucks uh, minus was it minus one and a half. I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. I
0: I really like the uh, Seahawks as a teaser leg here. So I want to see if there's some other teaser opportunities and then uh, and then come back to this. I think if I had to bet one side of the spread, kind of with you, Brad, a little bit, but it tear the comments that Byron Leftwich has made this week. (laughs) Like, you thought, we thought we were done with, it's not about rushing yards, it's about rushing attempts. Legitimately, they believe that it's just the number of rushing attempts is they just need more of them. They just need more of them. I I don't know how you can have that takeaway looking at Leonard Fournette running the football, but that is what they have, so um, that scares me. Uh, Detroit, Chicago, Justin Fields. I just want to say, like, if you guys, uh, before we get to, to guessing the spread here, if you redraft that class right now, who's who? Who are you? What are the, What's the order of the quarterbacks that you're taking?
3: I'll start with you, Arjun. Uh, all right. Um, I'm I'm still going Lawrence at one, but I, I'm definitely going Fields at two, which is what I had a pre-draft. Um, I think there I'm still going Lance at three. Wilson at four Mac Jones at five I'm flipping a little
1: bit so same top two uh, and Lawrence did actually finally play well today um, you know when they went over the Raiders but then I'm still gonna go Zach Wilson then I guess Trey Lance then Mac Jones um, and we just have no idea what Trey Lance is he played a season of FCS football um, he could be good for all we know I think we're seeing quarterbacks like you know who have his skill set obviously are playing some good football um, but I mean, I just I don't know what he is at this point. So I, I, I you know, I'll, I'll stick with you know Wilson slinging it at BYU, and 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 uh, we we'll, you know the Cougar the Cougar hunting after Cougars. I'll just say this: I, I think, I
0: think push come to shove, I would probably take Lawrence. But that that team invested a ton in Trevor Lawrence with receivers and a head coach and all all the different things they tried to make. Trevor Lawrence's environment better. Justin Fields is playing with like the worst supporting cast ever. And if you was one thing about that uh, quarterback class that I would bet on, it's Justin Fields' athleticism. And it's been phenomenal. And his passing game has started to figure it out a little bit over the past few weeks. So I I think it's Trey Lance three, Zach Wilson four only because we know that Zach Wilson is not very good. I think at this point. Um, And I don't I saw the Josh Allen, Zach Wilson comparison on the TV today. I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Um, but for everyone that was hating on Justin Fields, I think they should take a, uh, take a look at some of the tape it's been incredible. 180 yards on the ground today it was nuts. And it was fluid. I mean, the guy is an absolute beast. Okay. Chicago hosting Detroit. Arjun, what's the line?
3: Lions plus one and a half. I have the Bears laying two and a half.
0: I have the Bears laying two and a half as well. I can't believe that I'm doing that, but that is what uh, I have them doing. And uh, let's see here. It is uh, seeing a line up here.
3: Uh, here it is. Bears two and a half. Arjun, what are you doing with this? I'm, I'm going to lay off. I, you know, the, the vaunted lines defense finally showed up today and I'm not sure if that's really going to continue uh, next week against the bears. Uh, the Bears' defense is also pretty bad. Uh, it's it's kind of just a battle between the two offenses. And, like, you know, we're not going to have a dome Jared Goff. And, you know, Justin Fields has been playing well. But, like, we, you don't know if he's going to go back to that, you know, weeks one through four, Justin Fields. So it's a tough one. I think I'm going to just lay off in this one.
1: So we don't do, obviously, uh, totals here. I already bet the over four. Eight and a half in this game. I think we could see 80 points uh, in this matchup. I mean, neither team can stop the run at all. They're literally the two worst teams in EPA per rush allowed. I want to say that might need to update from this week, but they're both very much so at the bottom um, of that list. And, and it only gets worse with the, the loss of Roquan Smith, um, you know, for that Bears defense. And then, yeah, Detroit, I guess, you know, they did have what? Three red zone interceptions and a goal line stand all today against the Green Bay Packers. But the, the, the Packers could have scored. Twenty-eight points on those possessions, obviously. Like it could have looked different. Um, I almost bet alive over there. Thankfully, I didn't. Um, but, but yeah. So I am. I am not taking a spread in this one. That I mean, the Bears' fan of me wants to just absolutely clobber the Bears minus two um, or two and a half. But I, I, the over, I think, is a very intriguing bet.
3: Yeah, I'm not
0: betting this one uh, either. I think if push came to shove, I would take the uh, I would take the Bears here, but. Um... Both defenses just stink. So less than three. Um, I'm going to lay off here. Um, A good game. Finally, Minnesota goes to Buffalo. Arjun, what's your spread here? Vikings plus seven. I had the same. I couldn't push it over seven. I have Bills by six and a half. And uh, it is right now Bills by seven and a half Um, but uh, the Vikings plus seven and a half is minus 115 so that might get to uh, get to seven at one uh, at some point here Arjun are you betting
3: either side of this I I think I'm gonna this is gonna be a great live betting opportunity like Kirk Cousins like somehow always makes games like a one-score game Um, you know Bills can run out the score early against uh, not that great uh, Vikings uh, defense but I think it's tough because Bills are obviously the superior team. Vikings have kind of like outperformed their point differential. A lot of their score Mm -hmm. games have been one score games, but you know Kirk somehow like down ten in the fourth quarter somehow won that game, Um, and I think he always finds a way to like reel things back in. So I think I'm going to lay off, but this I think this would be a great live betting opportunity if Bills do very well in the first half.
1: You know, every week that he wins, Kirk throws another chain on, and you know, he just young Kirk is is Kirk Cobangs out here is, is starting to look. Uh, <laughs> no, the thing is, though, like you said, it was another one one score win. I'm not going to say it was cheap because I think the the ref running into uh, I think it was Harrison Smith, maybe it was Cam Bynum, the Viking safety, which led to basically the only actually good touchdown drive the the Commanders had. Um, it was hilarious. The, the ref was literally directly in the way. It would have been a clear interception on Taylor Heineke and instead was like a 50-yard catch for Curtis Samuel. Um, but even still, Heineke's interception at the end of the game was atrocious. Like, they should have won that game. Um, yeah, just Minnesota, my thing is their defense, I think, is going to get carved up by Josh Allen on this Bills offense. It's obviously – to be playing pretty pissed off after this Jets performance. It's the cornerbacks. I mean, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed were the reason why Josh Allen had two interceptions. Could not get his guys open. Mm-hmm. I think they need to add Odell Beckham Jr. more than any team we talk about. Gabriel Davis is a one-trick pony. Is not actually that good of a receiver, in my opinion. Maybe that's a hot take. Um, wow. And uh, you know, but anyway, I, I still think they're going to carve this Vikings defense, and then I just the defensive line is going to terrorize Kirk Cousins. I was when I put it at minus seven. I was hoping it was six and a half, and if it was, I would have bet it. I'm not going to bet it with the hook because um, that kind of scares me. But if it was under seven, I would I would have hammered it.
0: I see all those points. Um, and I'll say this, the total right now, 47 and a half. I, I like that total. I, I like the over in that total. I know unders have been have been killing it, but I like that over quite a bit. I, I like this as live betting opportunity as well. I think the Vikings come out and their scripted plays play well. And then once those plays are over, I could see it getting kind of ugly for uh, – for Kirk here. So, but I'm, I'm a full point. I'm a, I'm across the key number. I do like what Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings are doing, keeping it within one score game. So I'm going to get on the board here with a bet. I will take the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings plus seven and a half. I can't believe I'm doing that. And, uh, my God, the chain, chain Kirk Cousins is it's so bad. So, so bad. All right, Denver, Tennessee. This is in Tennessee. Um, I'm guessing Ryan Tannehill will be back for this. Arjun, what's your spread?
3: I have Titans minus two.
0: I have Titans minus one and a half. I have the Titans with Ryan Tannehill by three in this one. Uh, are you guys seeing a line anywhere? Because I – uh, I'm seeing just two and, one, and a half. Uh, yeah. two and a half. here. I see that as
3: well. Um Arjun, what are you doing with that? It's it's an interesting one because I think okay, so so Broncos are coming off a bye, right? And now this mm-hmm. Titans defense has just played a game where they've played like 90-something snaps, right? So you have a huge like rest differential like between the two teams. Mm-hmm. The, the Titans def- the team in general is just so well coached. Um And, you know, the Broncos are not not like very well coached, you know, and the Titans defense looked great. I'm not like I wouldn't be too worried about the Titans going and playing 90 snaps today and going to have to face Russell Wilson. But this Broncos defense is like legit. Right. And I think if anything, the only way the Titans would be able to beat them is through the ground, which I think they can do. So I think I'm going to rock with Titans minus two and a half here.
1: Wow, I hate to be, bet against the the winner. I'm doing it again, though. It's surprising. My strategy last week of betting on awful football teams against good ones did not work <laughs> out. Um, you know, taking the Colts against the Patriots and Bill Belichick with Sam Ellinger, I'm shocked that didn't go my way. Uh, you know, I, I can cling to some CLV, but uh, I'm taking Denver. I um, Look, Tennessee's defense did look really, really good tonight. Their interior is is a problem. The entire Tart's a good player. Danico Autry, I guess, more of an edge, but kind of can you know kick inside, play four-eye, play you know, over the tackle, they are good, but I think the rest advantage is a big deal. And, and I think the defense, I mean, it's going to be so, so low scoring. Uh, maybe the Denver, maybe Denver's an intriguing teager, teaser leg as well for me. Cause I think it'll be a one score game either way, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to ride with the Broncos.
0: So I, I do really like the Broncos as a teaser leg, but at, at two and a half, I think against spread, I just, I I'm with Arjun. I like the Titans here. Think about most teams during the buy cooking up some, you know, new, new offensive plays to run, to help their team out. Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson doing that. There's no way that's going to work out. Well, <laughs> it's just, they're sitting in a room together, eating danger, Witches, like trying to come up with new plays for them to run. Nathaniel Hackett's like, this is sweet, Russ. You could throw it over the middle. It's gotta be wide open. Russ like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Like, that's just not going to go well. Um, and, you know, you think about some of the strengths that the Titans have and the the Broncos, you know, they're a really good pass defense. And I just think against the run, this would be an opportunity for the Titans to kind of get it together. I am nervous, though, if it's Malik Willis, because. I, and I actually don't think it was Malik Willis's fault, like he threw some dimes and guys just didn't catch the ball. The problem is that too often he's completely lost, and that results in like a loss of twenty on a sack. Um, so that would that would worry me a little bit. But Jeffrey Simmons on the interior should have a bunch of uh, a bunch of opportunities to win there. That Titans defense is no joke. So um, I am going to go. Um, I don't know how to actually write this down. I'm going to go Titans um, minus two and a half, and then I'm also going to go with that teaser and do uh, Denver plus eight and a half. And um, who was the other one? Seattle plus seven and a half. Jacksonville in Kansas City.
3: Arjun. I have this at um, Jacksonville plus nine. Yeah, I got Kansas City laying a full 10.
0: I have KC 10 as well. It is KC minus nine and a half
3: minus 115. Arjun. Uh, I'm going to lay off this one. I've been kind of high in the Jags for most of the season. They were like my highest conviction bet this week. Um, So like, I think they have a chance to stay competitive in this game. But, you know, we just saw the Chiefs masterclass today and, you know, staying at home. It's it's, it's a tough one to kind of bet against them there. So um, I'm just going to lay off this one.
1: I'm staying away as well. Yeah, you a little shout out to our guy Andrew. Uh, you know, no one knows him better than Doug Peterson, obviously, um, and, and maybe that can that can help a little bit. Um, it, yeah, it's a stay away. If, if anything, I would lean Jaguars. I'm not taking them, sure. but that's um, any if anything, that's my lean. I'm with you. And if it wasn't such a
0: kind of disappointing offensive performance for Kansas City, I think I would be. Um, Uh, on Jacksonville as well. Jacksonville is seventh in EPA per pass play this, uh, this season. And they just have not kind of put all the things together. Um, And the problem is that, that Lawrence has been kind of such a disaster under pressure, but um, I'm with you guys there. Uh, Next up, we have uh, Cleveland going to Miami to play the Dolphins and Tua, who I saw has the highest passer rating uh, on third down of like any quarterback in the past 10 years. It's insane. Um, they're playing absolutely lights out. And it makes me wonder, I mean, that for all the Herbert um Tua stuff, Arjun, um, watching Herbert play this weekend with those wide receivers and thinking about what he could do with Hill and Waddle as Tua floats underthrown deep balls at a ridiculous rate, um, makes me kind of chuckle. So, Arjun, what'd you make this
3: spread? I made this Browns plus three and a half. Same here. Uh, I have the Dolphins favored by four
0: and a half, Um, and it is four right in between uh, the two of us. Arjun, what are you doing this one?
3: Um, First of all, I just got to say, you know, Tua is just a winner. You know, five and zero in games that he's finished. Um, He he's beaten the the vaunted Lions, the the two and six Lions, by four. The vaunted two and six bears by four or by three didn't even cover the four and a half. Three and six bears. Excuse you. Three and six. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. And then two and six Steelers by by six. So you know, uh, you know, very impressive performances by the Dolphins and Tua, obviously. Uh, But I I actually really like the Browns in the spot. I think um, we saw Justin Fields kind of just shred the line or Dolphins defense on the ground. I think the weak point of the Dolphins defense is their ground game. Um, Amari Cooper has been playing at a pretty high level. And I wouldn't say Xavier Howard has been playing that well, uh, this year. Um, and on the flip side, like, again, I think the dolphins do a couple things very well. And they were like lights out on third down. Like the, the bears couldn't get off the field on third down because they were playing so much man, but you know, according to our th- our stats, like the Browns play man about 25% of the time, which is below league average. I would like this more if Denzel, if I can like know that Denzel Ward is back. Um, because I think that will be huge. But regardless, like the I think the Browns are smart enough to not play man at all. And I think that will kind of expose uh, some of Tua's weaknesses um, next Sunday.
1: I see the game uh, very much the same way. Um, you know, Tua will we'll make our jokes. He did have a couple, you know, underthrown DPIs that were, you know, uh, basically, you know, kind of game deciding. I mean, the Jalen Waddle ball that he just completely underthrew that gave the Bears a chance to win the game. Uh, it could have ended the game. It could have been six points. He did have a lot of nice throws. though. I mean, he's probably going to be our mm-hmm. highest graded quarterback of the week again this week. Um, and he earned it. He, he, he made a not a, a lot of nice plays, but I agree with you. I don't like them. I don't like them match up much at all. Um, I, Even though I don't know about Denzel Ward, it sounds like it's a he's had multiple concussions now in a short span mm-hmm. and might want to be out for a an extended period of time. Um, But I, I agree with you on kind of the mismatch component. And yeah, over a field goal. I mean, you know, we love our Browns, so um, I'm staying away, but I, I see it the same way as you.
0: Yeah, I'm tempted. I I think even though I have um, had Miami at minus four and a half, I can get on board with that. One of the reasons I had four and a half is I think I I thought the market would really like, you know, the Dolphins. They've continued to win. They have a really efficient offense. Hill and Waddle are unstoppable. Um, And uh, I like, I like Cleveland with, you know, a bunch of rest there and um, they're, they're just going to come out and kind of do what they do, which is run the ball with a ton of efficiency. And that, I think, you know, to what we saw with Justin Fields today, can keep the game game close. So I'm going to hop on the bandwagon here. I'm going to roll with the uh, the Brownies as well. Houston and the Giants. The Giants coming off of a bye. Houston coming off of uh, keeping it close and covering against the Eagles. Arjun. Texans plus six. Same here. I have the Houston Texans plus five and a half, and uh, it is six and a half. People like the Giants, six and a half minus 115.
3: Yeah, I think um, in terms of game spreads, definitely gonna stay away just because I think six is a lot of points for a Giants team that, again, has kind of really just outperformed expectations this year. Definitely love the Saquon Barkley overs. We'll see what they open the rushing yard prop lines at. Uh, Texans have gotten shredded by like every single running back that they've gone against touchdowns, rushing yards, you name it. So um, in terms of full game spread. So I think six is a lot of points for, for the shines team.
1: Yeah. I like that. Actually, they are, they are 31st in EPA per rush allowed. I was looking at that obviously before the show, that's the (laughs) Texans. Uh, Miles Sanders. It was just, it was eight yards a clip. It was too easy. Um, and also, I mean, Brandon Cooks, like we still don't know if this guy is going to show up. He is clearly their number one wide receiver. I like Nico Collins as a young player, but I mean, he didn't play in, on Thursday either. Um, but even if he's back, like he's not a number one. Um, so, you know, I, I can't touch Houston, but I also agree. I mean, the Giants are not good enough to be laying six points against anyone to um, so stay away. And yeah, the Barkley prop, definitely an intriguing you know, line to watch there. Total
0: is 38 and a half. Six and a half points total of thirty-eight and a half. I, I hate, I hate that I'm doing this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with Davis Mills. I, um, getting six and a half points. My God, I, that's I'm gonna regret. We that. Actually, Davis.
1: in the rankings of 2021 quarterbacks, I would have snuck Mills Mafia in there. Yeah, so my bad. To, to Mil- I forgot to include him in that one. My we bad.
0: forgot. It's it's really not great. Um, I, it just the Giants. The Giants play are are winning, you know, one score games. That's just what they're doing, and um, I don't I don't think that's going to change. That they're going to stop winning one score games and close games, but that means that this one stays close. And so I will take uh, the six and a half. New Orleans and Pittsburgh. New Orleans
3: obviously playing on Monday night this week. Pittsburgh with a bye. margin. I I do have a question before we like yeah. guess this line. Like you kind of mentioned how. You know, one score games, like the Giants could stay, um, you know, stay stay stay, stay performing very well. Yeah, stay hot in one score games this season. Like we've kind of talked about how one score games are kind of like regress back to the mean yep. over a season, but like within a season, I wonder, do you think that's something that's sticky just because like the the players and the coaches stay stable on that team or and like you know, obviously the the Raiders are a great regression? Uh, yep. example from year over year. But within a season, do you think that's something that could stay stable for teams like the Vikings and the Giants? Yeah. So the way I
0: think about it is that, and I've had this conversation with um, with Timo and I think uh, Brad, we've talked about it a little bit um, off the podcast. So here's my thought, Arjun. I'm curious if you would agree or disagree here. So within a season, I think about the way that you can sort of keep or the way that you might win one score games. And what I see with with the Giants is they're, they're doing some things that are catching some teams off guard, right? They're playing, um, kind of this interesting brand of football where they're running their quarterback a lot. They have a lot of, you know, this, this six offensive lineman stuff. And so I think on a week to week basis, it's very hard for opposing teams to really study what a team is doing and, you know, kind of, uh, Prepare to really stop it if it's something that's a little bit new or unique. They're kind of you know just trying to figure out their own their own shit, for lack of a better term. So that's how I think about it. Staying somewhat consistent during the year, and then I think the time to fade it is obviously going to the next year where things kind of um, you know normalize because people watch and spend time, um, and those kind of tricks won't work anymore. So that's how I think about it. That's why I could see this sustaining for the Giants this year. On the flip side. With someone like the, let's say, the Pittsburgh Steelers from a few seasons ago, that I did not think was going to sustain during the season because they just had a quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger who was absolutely awful and their defense was kind of carrying them. Uh, So that was something that in season I felt was going to regress to the mean.
3: Yeah, no, that that makes a ton of sense. Appreciate that answer. Um, I I definitely align with that view as well. So, yeah, getting back to this game, Saints-Steelers, I'm going to go with uh, Saints minus three. Same again. I am there with you, fellas. Uh, Pittsburgh getting
0: three points at home, and uh, it is three. Although uh, Steelers plus three is minus one fourteen on FanDuel. Uh, Arjun, you do anything here?
3: I think if it gets below three, I, I would take the Saints. Uh, obviously, depends on how how they look tomorrow um, on Monday Night Football, but. You know, Steelers uh, receivers with Pickens and Deontay Johnson are, are very good coming off a bye. Saints have not had Marshawn Lattimore for weeks now. Uh, I know like Paulson Devo and uh, I think Alante Taylor have been their corners for the past couple of weeks. And I'm not saying Kenny Pickett is the best quarterback to take advantage of that. But it, it's tough when like the Saints don't really have the matchup advantage on the outside I, on probably both sides of the ball. Um, I think Devin Bush and, and Miles Jack have been playing better than in years past at linebacker. And so the Alvin Kamara versus linebackers matchup, I don't think will end up the way that it did versus the Raiders. So um, I'm definitely just going to stay away from this game unless it drops below three.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a massive rest advantage from you know Monday night versus a bye. Um, you know, also we've seen kind of the heroic coaching efforts. of. Well, I guess, you know, every week that passes, the Buccaneers win is less impressive. Um uh, for Pittsburgh, but still, I mean there was out there top three starting corners, no Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, my question is, is it possible TJ Watt plays in this football game? I know he was relatively close. Um, the last time they played, you know, didn't ultimately get activated, but now with the bye week, we haven't heard anything about it. But he's like what maybe a one point, half a point player. Um if he's back to his full health. So I'm staying away without that information, Um, but I would lean, I actually would lean Steelers here as much as I love my Saints.
0: Yeah, I can get on board with that. By the way, some good comments in the chat uh, because I don't have, I'm not going to play this game. Uh, Welcome to the Kirk side, George. Thank you. Um, That comes with chains included. Uh, And then this one was great. Uh, No need to hate on Tua because Herbert is a check down merchant. I am a huge fan of, term of like words to use that people don't use that are kind of from the way back. Like, I love the word peasant. I've overused the word peasant. Merchant, I think (laughs) is great here because it's like, there's a little bit of it, which is said, you know, in a derogatory fashion, but at the same time, like you're still trying to make money in that, in that fashion, check down merchant for, for Herbert. I like a lot. Um, and, uh, and someone liked your question, Arjun. So good for you. Um, We go now to the Colts and the Raiders. My God, what a disaster of a game. By the way, a revenge game of sorts for both teams, right? Because McDaniels was the coach and then not the coach, and then they went to Reich. Um, I don't know if any of that matters. But, Arjun, what do you think the line will be here? Um, I have this at
1: Colts plus five. I had, oh, yeah, Raiders minus four and a half.
0: I have the Raiders minus four and a half as well. It is five and a half. Interesting.
3: Margin. Yeah, I I don't think the Colts are just are bettable at all with, with Sam Ellinger. Like I'm sorry. Uh they their defense has been fine for the past couple of weeks, but again, you can't start to really evaluate their defense versus you know Mac Jones and the Patriots. The 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 Raiders So here's the thing about the Raiders. They were shredding the Jaguars through the air. And for some reason, Josh McDaniels went back to Josh Jacobs in the second half, which, you know, it's fine. Jacobs has been having a career year. But when Devontae has 120 and two tutties in the first half and you go away from that, I just, you know, it kind of just speaks on like where the Raiders are at. They're just, they haven't figured it out yet. I'm not going to bet on them to figure it out against the Colts. Um, And so, and I'm obviously not going to bet on Sam Ellinger. So this is a stay away from me.
1: You mentioned if it matters, the whole McDaniels thing. I mean, I could see Frank Wright getting fired after this game if it's as bad as what we just saw. Because then you have, you know, you're losing to the coach I was supposed to hire and and all these things. And obviously, Ursay has been just irate the entire season. Um, Not that really plays into the bet. Um, I mean, Darren Waller's still out with a hamstring injury. I'm not sure if he's even back for this game. So, but it's also just a bad, bad matchup. I mean, the Colts' offensive line is atrocious. Um, and I talked about how Chandler Jones has not been good. It's basically a Max Crosby by himself. But maybe that eventually, you know, we kind of see some regression there in a positive light for the Raiders. Um, yeah. Raiders are interesting. Raiders are interesting because the Colts are atrocious. I can't believe, George, you and I both took them against <laughs> the Patriots uh, pretty, pretty confidently as well. <laughs> ah.
0: So funny when I I took him in the circa millions as well, like an idiot and my buddy Ross and I were like, we're going to regret taking a rookie quarterback in his second start against Bill Belichick. This is not Bill Belichick (laughs) coaching the Raiders. (laughs) Let's be very clear there. So I'm very tempted. I am very tempted. I love Frank Reich. Terrible spot for the Colts. I mean, God awful, terrible spot. This totally different in a dome in Vegas, there's just like no home field advantage there. Um, five and a half points. I love Frank Reich. I'm gonna bet I'm going to bet this game tonight.
1: Go I'm back to the well. I'm I respect taking it. the
0: Colts plus five and a half. Um all right, Dallas Green Bay in Green Bay. I put in my notes LOL
3: next to the spread <laughs> that I wrote down here. I'm curious if you join me, Arjun. Would you make this? I made this Cowboys minus five and a half. Ooh. I had Packers plus three and a half
0: Okay, so Arjun, you are joining me Uh, I made this uh, Green Bay plus four and a half And it is four and a half um, Which is hilarious When is the last time that uh, Aaron Rodgers was more than a three-point underdog at home? That cannot have happened very frequently Arjun, are you betting this one?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ride with the Cowboys here. Um, so one thing about the Packers, I think Brad touched on it, like there were like three end zone interceptions, you know, just our friend Kevin Cole's adjusted scores are probably going to have the Packers scoring more than nine points in this game. Um, And, you know, the Packers defense was fine as it's kind of been all year. But I think the, the Cowboys defense is going to pose some serious problems. Like when the Cowboys want to man up in this game, I, I don't see the Packers, like, like having much success at all. Aaron Jones left the game due to injury. I don't think he came back. Even if Bakhtiari's playing and he's not going to be at full health, uh, my, that Cowboys defensive line is absurd. And they're, I think they're going to have their way with the Packers offensive line. And on the flip side of the ball, like, the Packers' defense is fine. You know, they're they're very good at the secondary level. But I, I, think, I still think they're a soft uh, rushing defense um, currently – uh, they rank uh, 27th in EPA per play or EPA per rush and 29th in rushing success rate. And you know, the Cowboys will pound the ball, whether it is with Zeke or Pollard. So I think they'll have some success through the ground. So I definitely like the Cowboys in the spot on the road.
0: Because they were on a buy. We, we forgotten about Jerry Jones just vigorously defending uh, the the fact that he paid Ezekiel Elliott a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, that was fantastic. Brad, are you betting this one?
1: It's like us chasing bets. It's like him chasing his yeah. his his bad investments at running back. Um, even though I did bet the short side, so we mentioned a couple injuries. The Packers also had Rashawn Gary leave the game early today. Mm-hmm. Eric Stokes, their cornerback, also left the game earlier today. I mentioned Romeo Dobbs. Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh yeah, I'll hop on. Let's go, Cowboys.
0: Wow. Does this mean I have to I have to join you fellas here? First
1: Soch i don't know actually i won't
0: do that because i want you guys to win your bets um and uh i'm not gonna hop off on this one because i just there's a part of me that believes Lafleur and rogers are actually like good buddies and they're gonna they're gonna work to try and like get this thing back on track and green bay at home um in this spot i think is you know is an interesting one um even against the dallas team now a dallas team that should be very good but, um, you know, it will be interesting to see how, like, Dak and that uh, offense kind of get back together here. So I'll lay it off and let you guys win that one without me because, uh, remember, we win and we lose as a team.
3: Arizona and Los Angeles. Um, Arjun. I made this Cardinals plus three. Same here. I have uh, the Rams by 4.5, and,
0: and the reason I have the Rams by 4.5 is because Sean McVay and the Rams own uh, Cliff Kingsbury and the the Arizona Cardinals, but I can understand uh, where both of you guys are coming from. It is Rams by 3.5 in this one.
3: Yeah, so the, the Cardinals just looked flat as anything. I thought, you know, the Seahawks defense had been playing well, but it's still like at a fundamental level, not a very good team, not a very good defense uh, from its players. But I don't know, Ky- Kyler Murray, 175 yards against this offense or against this defense is is not impressive. D- Jodr Hopkins had like two catches in the first drive, and then he had two catches the rest of the game. Um, it's it's a tough one because like I think the Cardinals are actually a better away team than they than they are at home. But obviously, like you don't really want to read into those splits too much. I mean, Rams suck. Cardinals are not good I, I don't really have a great edge in this game so I think it's I think it's best to stay away and just let this let this uh game play out <laughs> let this game play out in silence
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh, I mean the thing is there's no such thing as a road game against an la football team so sure. it technically is a pseudo you know road slash home game um, I'm also staying away from the spread but the 43 and a half total uh, the under there is intriguing um yeah I mean the Cardinals offense is not good the Rams offense is beyond broken um, you know, I, that that I think, if anything, I would maybe look into the under 43 and a half there. <sighs> I'm very
0: tempted. Um, Aaron Donald going against that interior disaster of an offensive line. Um, and like, I, I mean, Hopkins is absolutely amazing. But that's why you have Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> that's literally the reason you have him. And then everything else is kind of garbage. I mean, Robbie Anderson looks lost. I'm not worried that Rondell Moore is is going to beat me. Um, so I'm very, very tempted, uh, but at the same time, uh, the, I mean, the, the offense is is just so, 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 so terrible. Uh, but they should have won that game today against the Bucks. Didn't manage to. Um, three and a half is a lot for a team that can't score. I'm going to lay off. I'm going to save my. I'm going to save my dollars for the next game Sunday night. Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles football Chargers go to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Will the Chargers have a wide receiver that anyone has heard of? Do we know? Like, is that?
1: We've been talking about Keenan Allen on this show for like six weeks in a row. Um, My guy needs to do some yoga, okay? It's unbelievable, yeah. He needs to get the the quad stretched out. So, Mike Williams is no. He'll be out for a while. Um, Keenan's a maybe, but, like, I, I can't promise anything. Um. Yeah, there was someone in the chat earlier who said, "What is a Michael Bandy?" Uh, you tell me. Your guess is as good as mine <laughs> as to what a Michael Bandy is. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, I, uh, the long answer short, I have no idea. Um, if anything, it'll be it'll be just Keenan, but I don't think it'll be hundred percent healthy. And San Francisco of coming off a bye.
3: Arjun, what's the spread here? Okay. Before I guess the spread, I do want to say I I bet this look ahead during this Chargers Falcons game when Chargers went down ten nothing. I was like, Chargers can't stop the run. Uh, it's, you know, it's going to mm. be bad next week. I put like 2.5 units on on 49ers uh, minus four and a half. So I haven't seen the updated line before okay. uh, Sunday Night Football. I made this Chargers plus seven.
1: You got some CLV, my friend. I have uh, Niners length six.
0: I have the uh, Niners. I felt really good. This is the one line that I feel like I nailed. I have the, the Niners minus six and a half um which Arjun fantastic bet (laughs) I wish you would let me know I
1: would
0: would have bet on that um it is Niners minus six and a half so uh Arjun I guess you're not going to double down here but um I don't know if you want to count this as a bet or not since you have it
3: at seven (laughs) look I I still love this at six and a half like (laughs) look uh I think you know Steven Ruiz said this on Twitter like the Chargers defense is just soft like I think they have all the talent in the world like they've Assembled a great roster in terms of like the names, but this team is just soft. Like they will, they have like allowed Cordell Patterson to run all over them. I think the the highlight of this game was uh Brandon Stilly's blitzes in the in the after the scripted plays from the Falcons. Um, but the Chargers rank 31st in rush EPA. Kyle Shanahan likes to run the ball about four percent more than expected, coming off a bye. I mean, he, he he beat Brandon Sealy's defense both times in 2020 when you know Brandon Sealy was the defensive coordinator for the Rams. Like Brad said, like Keenan's probably not gonna play, or if he is, he's probably gonna be on a pitch count. The 49ers play one of the most physical brains of football on the defensive side of the ball, headed by D'Amico Ryan, who's one of the most physical linebackers of all time. The Chargers receivers against physical coverage, as we saw in the Broncos game, will struggle immensely. I don't see the Chargers having any success on the road this game. The the D-line is probably going to have their way with the Chargers offensive line which has struggled. I just there's no edge anywhere for the Chargers and this is just pointing towards the Niners just handling business um on prime time for everyone to see.
1: I completely agree, too, because we talked about a lot this year. The, the Chargers lack, even when they do have healthy receivers, they lack an early in the shot clock separator, so they do not have it on the roster, and you need that against this defense, the 49ers. Um, I, I, you look at every single matchup, and I think you'd say it's in favor. Also, not only are they physically soft or whatever, mentally soft, they play so much soft coverage. Brandon Staley at this Rams defense yeah. does it now, too, with Raheem Morris, but they just play off, and if you're playing against... Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and, and McCaffrey and you're giving them seven eight yards in the beginning. They're yak monsters. They're, they're the yak boys. Like that's what that's what it's all yeah. about. So I I don't find a single angle of this where
3: I like the the Chargers. Um. So yeah, I'll, I'll I'll ride with you, George. Before before you speak, this will be the game that we'll get to see why Kyle Shanahan traded all those picks for Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Trust yeah, me.
0: And the last game, by the way, just in case you you. Know. <laughs> um you know this I, it, all of the, the the reasons that you just mentioned they make a ton of sense here and why i would probably bet some alt lines i think here so i'm going to i'm going to put this down as a bet but you know i would take niners you know like minus 10 and a half uh, maybe minus 13 and a half um, here the los angeles chargers barely beat the atlanta falcons today i just want yeah. like everyone to kind of like <laughs> let that sink in here for a second And but that was a a stressful game. They're coming back. They also play the Chiefs the following week, um, you know, which is a very, very big game for them, obviously. So uh, kind of an interesting spot um, for them here. And yeah, I mean, the the coming off a bye thing is certainly baked in the fact that the Los Angeles Chargers, I think, might be one of the worst of teams that are good might be like one of the worst matchups. or uh, you know, to, to play against the same the 49ers might not be. So I will um I will ride with you all on that. It's actually kind of comedic to look at the Niners' weapons and compare it to the Chargers. It's like the Chargers have Austin Eckler. It's like the Niners have Christian McCaffrey, they have Brandon Ayuk, they have Devo Samuel, they have George Kittle, they have Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it's it's a who's who of names, really. Um, and next year they'll have Tom Brady, so that'll be even more exciting. <laughs> Washington and Philly close the week 10 out. This is Monday night uh, in Philadelphia.
3: Arjun? I made this commander's plus 10. I had, yep, Philly minus 10. I have it 10 and a half. I gave him the hook, and it
0: is 10 and a half Philadelphia. Uh, Arjun, what are we doing here?
3: We're going back to the wagon. That is the Eagles' first half. I'm, look, it, it didn't cash for us. On Thursday, unfortunately, if you ran back the second half spread, which I'm I'm sure was probably seven and a half or eight, it cashed. Then, the, look, the Eagles still have the number one offense in terms of EPA per play in the first half. The Commanders sit at 30th uh, out of 32 teams. Um, Eagles will be at home. They're they're coming off the mini buy. Commanders are one of the worst teams in terms of scripted plays. I'm not saying the Eagles are great on scripted plays, um, but they you know kill in the second quarter like they always do at each game this year. I think all data points point towards the Eagles just being an elite you know, the better team in the first half. And I'm I'm gonna go back to the wagon until until the second wheel falls off, then I might have to stop. What is back to the wagon? What does that mean? You know, like keep editing keep ending the wagon. Is that you know? like oh I see what you're saying. You're gonna you're gonna stay like, on the wagon. Yeah, yeah. Wagons okay, wagons okay. can still run with that one wheel, but once you lose two, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: So I'm joining you on the first half bet. Um, The one thing that is, you know, I think interesting is now seeing Jordan Davis list Philadelphia Eagles team, Um, you know, on off splits are are noisy for sure, but the Eagles run defense is bad. It's, it's a problem. Uh, They're actually allowing, I want to say again, top five in EPA per rush allowed. Um, We saw it against Houston, Damian Pierce, you know, over five yards per carry. They can't win there, but at the same time, I think they're becoming one of those teams that's so good where it's like you want teams to run on you because that means they're not passing against you and they're going to waste time on offense. They're going to need these perfect 8-9 play drives. And Taylor Heineke cannot do that. He he, he needs an explosive play or he's going to turn the ball over or make a dumb mistake. He can't actually sustain drives. So love the first half bet there. Um, I was in Philly this weekend. The vibes are high, even though they became the first uh, city in the history of professional sports – to lose two championships in the same day. The Philadelphia Union lost. We're at a bar for that one. And then the Phillies lost a couple hours later. So I think the Eagles, you know, go birds. You got to ride the wave back to the positive.
0: I'll, I'll hop on board on the uh, the Eagles' first half. Um, the Taylor Heineke show is so bad, but, like, just good enough. And the good enough does not happen early on in the game. Um so uh, I'll get on board with that. Um, this was a lot of fun. As usual, we are going to write up our favorite um, picks. I am looking at the board right now, and I have already bet. I already have seven bets. Uh, so this is going to be <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully we, uh, we play some smart ones here. But you can go check it out on the PFF app and PFF.com. We'll have our favorite early bets um, posted uh, early in the morning. You can go hop on board with those. If you are catching this late, if you hung out with us live, as usual, we love you. Thanks so much for hanging out, members of the printing press. We'll be back with you next Sunday night after the Niners wild romp Have a great week.